Welcome, friends, to another episode of Doable Discipleship. This is a Saddleback Church podcast designed to help you deepen your faith. Linda, how how would you like to say our tagline today? (laughs) It's early. I'm just going to say it. It's the show that helps you grow. It's true. This is one of our fun early recordings, uh, but you know it's going to be it's going to be great, nonetheless. I'm sure. Uh, My name is Jason. This is Linda. We are part of the spiritual growth team here at Saddleback Church, and We are just always excited to come to you every Tuesday and talk about some different things related to our spiritual growth, our walk with Christ. And and we are right now in the middle of a series that we're doing based on uh, the book Beloved Dust by Jamin Goggin and Kyle Strobel. Um, This is a book that that we've read before. I read that back when it first came out, and I think it was 2013. And and we've just been excited to go back through it. It's something that's just been super impactful and, and meaningful. And so in this series, we in our first episode in this series, we uh, got to do an interview with one of the authors, with Kyle Strobel, just talking about the idea of beloved dust. Uh, what does that mean? What does that look like? And all that. So that was a great conversation. If you hadn't heard that one, go back and check that one out. Last week, we did a conversation about rest, which is one of the two main themes in, in this book. We pulled out kind of two themes that we really wanted to, to tackle as we're talking about Beloved Dust. Right. The first was rest. And then today, we're, we're, we're going to talk about prayer. Now, now, prayer is something we've done episodes on uh, before on this podcast. But today, we want to use the book, use the content from Beloved Dust as kind of launch points to our conversation. So that's how this episode is going to flow. We're going to share some quotes from the book. Hopefully it kind of gets you excited. So you're like, oh man, those are good quotes. I should really yeah. go and buy this book. <laughs> in it. which case we'll link to, to buy the book in the show notes or in the description below. But, um, and then we're just going to use those quotes to kind of have a conversation about kind of some of the truths about prayer. Some of the things that we need to constantly remind ourselves, some things that just stand out to us um, as we were reading and be like, oh man, that really hit me in a good way. You know, that kind of <laughs> stuff, because this book is full of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be today's uh, conversation. Next week, we're going to kind of talk about how do we develop some better rhythms of rest in prayer. So make sure to come back for that one too. Um, so without further ado, let's get into our conversation about, about prayer. So, Linda, I wanted to start our conversation with this quote from the book that's on page 131. If you're following Mm -hmm. along with your book, uh, page 131, and it just says, prayer is being with God who is always with us, a place to know God and Mm -hmm. be known Mm -hmm. by God. How does that quote, Linda, resonate with you and your understanding of prayer, your engaged prayer life? Well, so as I read this book, I noticed that that same phrase was said several times throughout, you know, just this idea of bringing prayer back to not this complicated, um, formulaic thing that we have to figure out, but it's just being with God. It's taking that he is always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But sometimes we forget that he's with us. We we lose sight of that. And prayer is just remembering and engaging and interacting with him because he's always with us. And I was thinking about, so we talk about prayer as talking to God. We talk about that quite a bit. You know, it's not complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. It can just be talking to him, but that's more the action of prayer. I was thinking about this last night, but the essence of prayer, and this is kind of throughout the whole book, prayer is depending on God. It's recognizing our need for God all the time in everything. This kind of goes back to what, what Kyle talked about with um, being dust and the fact that we need God so desperately. Prayer is sort of admitting, I am not in control of my world. I need God. And when I pray, when I talk to him and I be with him, who is always with me, then I get what I need for my life. I get wisdom and strength and power and courage and all the things that I need for my life. So yeah, prayer is, is, is acknowledging that God is always with us and he's there to give us what we need. Um, if we're not praying, then we're not accessing all of what he wants to give us. 
Yeah, it's as as a part of uh, our roles at the church, we teach this thing called Class Two Hundred One. We've talked about it a ton before on this podcast, and it's basically a an intro to understanding your spiritual growth type of course. And one of the things that we talk about in that is is prayer and kind of developing a habit of prayer. And whenever I teach that section, I always talk about it as as like we're going to talk about relationship advice right. here, right? And so this idea of prayer being with God who is always with us and prayer being a place to know God and be known by God, that is talking about the relationship arena. It's mm-hmm, saying, mm-hmm. right, because you, you can't get to truly know somebody unless you are in relationship with them, unless you are in proximity with them, you are spending right. time with them, you are talking with them, you are divulging, you are opening yourself, you are pondering, you are asking, like you are literally engaging with them. That's how a relationship grows. Now, God, as the quote says too, God is always with us. God made us, God knows everything about us. He does not, it's not for his sake to have that, you know, that we engage with prayer because he, he knows right. there, there's, there's, there's nothing that we can reveal to him that he does not know, but it is an opportunity for us to get to know him and to get to know ourselves better in relationship mm-hmm. with him and through him, which is really what our genuine selves are. Right. What are we apart from him? Nothing. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> So, so I just, I love to set the stage. I, I love how this quote, even though it's farther along in the book on 131, it sets the stage really for kind of this idea of what prayer is, because it's bringing it back to, it's not a ritual. It's not, mm-hmm. um, it, it's not a way to just get what you want. It's not, you know, it's not just words is it's literally relationship. It's the bringing yep. of yourself into relationship with God, with right? God. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think using that to set it as a launch pad is, is, is just important to get our frame of mind set in the right place, right? <laughs> well, yeah, because a lot of times people think prayer is, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to make God do what I want, or I'm going to, you know, yeah. I'm going to get what I want by doing it a certain way. And like, that misses the whole point because it's really about being with him in relationship and those other things come. Yeah. So, yeah. And so, so jumping to another quote, there's um, towards the beginning of the book, Jamin and Kyle do a great job of, of talking about the opposite point of talking about what, what prayerlessness is. Right. So Mm -hmm. on, on page 26, it says, a prayerlessness is forgetting who you are and what kind of drama you are in, that you are not on your own, isolated and alone, but you live your life in him, through him, and with him. A prayerlessness is believing that you are more than dust and that time will bend to your will. A prayerlessness mm-hmm. is always the fruit of idolatry. Prayerlessness is poor interpretation of reality, and it leads to a posture not fitting of who you are. Some strong words. <laughs> I mean, it's like you read it and you're like, wow, um, okay. Yeah. And yet I think when I think back even to a couple of weeks ago with our conversation with Kyle, it's like the, the clearer picture we have of who we are truly as dust and what we just talked about, the fact that prayer is, is engaging in relationship with the God who made us, who knows us, and who loves us. If we're not praying, then we're assuming that we don't need all that he has for us. We did, we're okay. We, we've got this one. And, um, I, you know, it's like you read that quote and you just think, um, believing that you are more than dust and time will bend to your will. I relate to that sometimes, you know, where I think like, I'm just going to make this happen and I'm going to pray and I want God to bless what I'm doing. And that's not what prayer is about (laughs) at all. Um, the more that I engage in prayer, the more that God changes me. Right. So when I'm not praying, I'm just, you know, barreling forward on my own. And that's, that's never going to end well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think to me, what really resonated with this passage, this, you know, this idea of prayerlessness is that, and it goes back to the theme, it goes back to the title of the book, Beloved Dust, right? That mm-hmm. we, we are designed intentionally, purposefully to need prayer. In other words, like yeah. we, we are designed to be prayerful people. Like that is how we were made. It is yep. in wired in, in us innately because, because that's how God, God designed us. That's how God made us. And when we then don't pray, what we're doing is we're grinding against our purpose, mm-hmm. right? Is, mm-hmm. is it, you know, for like, I, I, so I'm dealing with, with air conditioning issues at my house right now. <laughs> A couple of days ago, our, our air conditioning went out and we knew it went out because it started making really funky noises, right? And it started grinding, like as we could hear it, like just work, trying to work against how it was designed to work. Mm. Yeah. Right. The motors were had stopped where they were overheating and it was just struggling. Right. And that's, that's how we get mm-hmm. when we do not pray or we do not engage with prayer is that we are, we are working against the way that we are designed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it starts to struggle we start to struggle. And we'll talk a little bit later about this idea of silent prayer and in in this groaning type of prayer. But, but that's what ends up just becoming our default is that mm-hmm. everything in us is just groaning because we are trying to work so hard against mm-hmm. the way mm-hmm. that we were made. And so this idea, everything that we just talked about in, in the passage on prayerlessness, forgetting who you are, forgetting, you know, mm-hmm. how, how God made you believing that you are more than dust. It's the fruit of idolatry. All of these things are the consequences mm-hmm. of trying to work against the way that we are designed to be. And we wonder why life gets frustrating sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. And so I, I think, <laughs> I, I think just even, even just that last phrase, it leads to a posture not fitting of who you are mm-hmm. is just, it's it, that one just resonated so strongly with me because it's, it's that reality check. It's that gut check right. of, okay, like, who do you think you are? Right. 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 Do you, what you were just saying about the time bending part, like, like, do you think that you are some, that you're your own being that you are, you know, did you create everything? Did you create, you know, it's, it's um, <laughs> I'm like God it's, and Job, were you there when the stars exa- were flung ex- into space? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, I love contrasting this this mm-hmm. idea of prayerlessness with what we talked about first with what prayer is. Prayer is being with mm-hmm. God who is always with us, a place to know God and be known by God. And you can see the stark differences. You mm-hmm. can see what mm-hmm. a life of prayer is. It's being with God, knowing God, being known by God, and then prayerlessness, which is mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. nomadic struggle of a life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of just feeling like like you are wandering away or without your creator mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's wow. so many i know there, there's so many <laughs> great great passages and we're going to hit a bunch of them in in, in in our conversation and they all do kind of tie together which is you know a beautiful part of how this is written um so the next quote that we wanted to 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 mention it was on page 40 of the book mm-hmm, and it says mm-hmm. it says we treat god like a genie in a bottle we kind of talked about this a little bit we treat god like a genie in a bottle someone who we can use for our own advantages rather than have a relationship with god calls us to himself when what we really want is just magic Oh, you know what? I relate to that quote. There have mm-hmm. been times in my life where I just wanted God to fix what was broken or to change what I didn't like. And that's what I wanted. And I, I will be very honest. I was not seeking his presence. I was not seeking relationship with him. I was seeking 
the result that I wanted. Um, and, you know, the Bible tells us to ask and seek and knock. And the Bible tells us to, to continue to ask and to ask in faith. But there's not always a one-to-one -one correspondence between what we ask for and what happens. And sometimes that's frustrating to us, right? Because we're like, I love God. I'm doing what God has asked me to do. Things should work out. I'm praying. Um, and this is just such an important reminder that when we come to God, he has such a much bigger perspective. He's probably, you know, he's working purposes that are far bigger than us. And sometimes we just need to draw near to him and let him meet us where we are and, and he gives us himself. He doesn't always give us what we, we ask for. I mean, you've got little kids, right? They may yeah. ask for ice cream before dinner and they may really, 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 really want it and think it's a yeah. great idea. And you as dad are going <laughs> bad idea. They can't <laughs> understand why they don't see the bigger picture. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's times where we're asking for things, things that we think are really good and would be beneficial and would help us. And God's like, he can see, he knows more. And so sometimes I, like I have to be reminded when I come to God and I pray more likely than not, he's going to meet me and change me before he's, you know, hitting my list of everything that I'm asking him, you know, he's not here to do my checklist, mm -hmm. you know? And so, but I will definitely admit that I have had that <laughs> probably on more than one occasion where I'm like, we, God, come on. Yeah. I think we all can, I think, I think we all can admit that, that almost, it's almost like our go-to, right? Um, it's and it's 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 that type of posture that we're talking about and we talked about is kind of that that okay i've i i'm told that god can meet my needs you know i think about you know and sometimes we can just admit that you know we think of him as kind of this atm in the sky where yeah. we can just say okay god i need this i need this god i need help with this please do the you know kind of stuff right and when we think about what that is actually saying, right? Mm -hmm. Like think about you personally, you do not want to be the friend who is only talked to when you are needed for something, right? right. Like we all kind of have, have, have had that or seen that before where it's like, oh, like this person only comes to me because they want something for me, right? Right. And sometimes that's, that, that can end up being kind of a parent and child relationship. Sometimes it's, it's why do you only call me when you want something from, from mm -hmm. me instead of just mm -hmm. wanting mm -hmm. to chat. Right. And, and that feels not good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't feel good to just think, Oh, all they want from me is a thing or yeah. something or relief from something, whatever. Right. Um, so I think this kind of this quote and this idea really gives us an opportunity or at least it should, to do a little quick self-assessment about your prayer life, right? Just asking, asking yourself, is, is my prayer life just full of requests? Is mm -hmm. that, is that mm -hmm. all I engage with, with God? Is it, is every time I go to him and I may, go, I may feel like I go to God all the time. It's like, okay, that that's great. Um, is it always asking for something? Right. You know, mm -hmm. do you find, and another question is, do you find yourself getting upset when you ask God for something and it doesn't happen? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's two, you know, if you, if you're praying for something and it doesn't happen the way you thought or the way you hope there's, we tend towards two different conclusions, right? We either conclude that maybe, you know, well, maybe God's not hearing me or maybe, you know, maybe he doesn't care, you know, like, don't you see what's going on? And you see that in, in, even in the Psalms where it's like, hello, God, I'm here, you know, where are you? But then the other error that we sometimes make is we think, well, maybe if I just say it again, or maybe if I say it better, or maybe if I say it, you know, another way, then he'll respond. And I think that there's a third option when we're praying for something that is not happening the way that we want, or that's not turning out the way that we hope it will. And that's that, as we pray and as we continue to come to him, even when things aren't circumstantially working the way we want, as we continue to run to him, it brings us to this place of greater dependence on him and saying, I don't know what's happening. I can't control this. It doesn't, it, I I'm scared or I'm angry or I'm hurt or whatever. But as we continue to run to him, 
it builds yeah. our dependence and it builds our intimacy with him because we remember the, we know the Bible tells us he knows and he sees he's not blind to it, but sometimes he's, he's working out a purpose that we're just, we just can't see. And so we have to know that as we run to him, that he is, that he is working. He is faithful. All those things that we know about God are still true. And as we continue to run to him, we will, we'll find ourselves depending on him more and be, and drawn to a place where we can say it's, some people call it, um, even if praying, do you know what I mean? Like, God, this is what I'm praying for, mm -hmm. but nevertheless, you know, even Jesus prayed this way, right. In the yeah. garden of Gethsemane, where it's like, God, this is what I want. I mean, he prayed three times, <laughs> you know, about if this cup could pass from him, but nevertheless, God, if you let this happen, I will still trust you. I will still, you know, I want your will more than I want what I want more than I want my comfort more than I want what I think is going to make things better in the short term. And so, but it's hard. It's hard because you have to kind of push through um, your own, your expectations, your hopes, your, you know, your short term, like this is uncomfortable. This is hard. And I don't like it, but you got to run to him then. And the more that you do that, the more you will find him comforting you and being with you in a way that you maybe never, never imagined. Yeah. And I think at the same time too, I think the more time you spend with God in relationship, mm -hmm. you know, which we've already identified that that's what prayer is, 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 is that relationship arena and grow like, then the more you will start to think like him, see like mm -hmm. him, you know, that kind of, so, so that when things, you know, may not go the way that you asked or hoped for, instead of going to him for relief all the time, which you st 100% still can and going, you right. know, in comfort saying, God, I don't understand why this didn't happen. But as you, you know, as you, as you grow, then you start to see, okay, God, I see how you did this. Or I see, I see why this, you know, mm -hmm. I, I can see your hand in this, right? Oh, go, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of times, you know, we talked about the magic, you know, wanting the magic of, of God to bend his will to ours. But yeah, most, yeah. most often what I find is God changes me. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's the more time I spend with him, like what you're saying, he's changing me and he's conforming me to be more like Christ. And he's forming in me sometimes a story that a testimony, if you will, that's going to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, there's so many other things that happen as I draw near to him in that relationship. So I may not ever get the result that I wanted that I thought I wanted, but he's going to change me and make me more like Christ. And then that will be used to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think this idea of, of not being the genie and all that is something we all struggle with <laughs> at least from time to time it's you know right um most definitely um i want to move on to another great quote and this is i think one of my favorite ones mm -hmm. it's on page 66 of the book it yeah. says prayer is not the place to be good but the place mm -hmm. to be honest it's not the place to escape but the place to rest it's not the place to hide but the place to abide Mm hmm. I think, you know, throughout the book, um, Kyle and Jamin talked about authenticity in prayer mm -hmm. and just, you know, we don't, God is never surprised by what we're thinking or we're feeling. It's not like he doesn't, you know, you pointed that out early. It's not like he doesn't know. And I think sometimes we think, well, it's not very spiritual to come, you know, <laughs> complaining and whining and crying and saying, mm -hmm. God, this is horrible. And yet if you read the Psalms, I love the fact that like a third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament of mm -hmm. godly people saying, I don't understand this hurts. I'm scared. And I think that, you know, it prayer is a place where we need to re I mean, getting honest with God, part of that really is getting honest with ourselves. Right. And, and being oh, yeah. willing to say, I don't get it. You know, there's, I think we tell ourselves, well, it's more spiritual to, you know, know the right answers and to say, well, God, you're in control. And I understand. And even though that's true, God is in control and, and <laughs> he is working all things, you know, 
I mean, all those things are still true, but in the moment, it is so important for us to be able to come to him and just lay it out and be honest and to be raw. He can handle it. He'll never turn away from us and go, oh my gosh, like I thought we'd been over this. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll never roll his eyes and like, why are you taking this so hard? I mean, come on. He's not like that. He knows he, I mean, he made us, he knows our broken places. He knows our frailty. And when we come to him honestly and just give, you know, just lay ourselves out there, that's when he meets us. You know, when we've got, when we put on a mask and we look like, oh God, you, you know, everything's great, you know, and it's like, but we're actually like dying <laughs> inside. He's probably going like, what, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> what do you want me to say? Yeah. You hello. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, if we really embraced, you know, if we genuinely embraced the idea that prayer is not the place to be good, like that is a game changer for how we mm-hmm. think about our relationship with God. It's a re- it's a game changer for how we think about um, how we can approach God, how we like, even just thinking about our prayer life in general, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's that, you know, it's that, it's that phrase from the song, right. Come as you are. Right. Um, and, you know, that's, if we, we, when we think about God, we often do so from a position of shame is where we find ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we either don't feel like we can truly bring ourselves to get, you know, in, in prayer, we don't, we, we fear that God would like what he saw and, or, um, or we try to just, you know, keep a shallow prayer life, you know, mm-hmm. and that's often becomes, I'm just going to, pray for my requests, you know, God, yeah. God help me with this, yeah. God help me with this, or, or, you know, or even honestly, uh, even if all you're doing is praying for other people that is still just coming to that, that is still just focusing on the, what God can do for you. It's right. not focusing on the relationship, even though you may feel like it's virtuous to, Oh, I, I pray so much for other people. That's great. You should pray for other yeah. people. That's awesome. But do you come in bearing yourself before God? <laughs> oh no. Why would I do that? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the okay. things I thought about the section where it says it's the place to rest. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how, at least, I don't know the way that that sort of played in my mind was that a lot of times I'm carrying around the weight of all the things that are stressing me out and all the things I'm feeling. And if I come to God and I'm holding them all, but I just go, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. You Uh, And I'm still carrying. Yeah. You still got that heavy, heavy load on your backpack. You know, you're still carrying. Yeah, exactly. But I'm like, I'm so good. And it's like, no, but if I I literally, yeah, I got this God, don't worry about it. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for asking if I need help. (laughs) (laughs) But if I come and I actually unload what I'm carrying Mm -hmm. and I just lay it at his feet and just say it all till I'm out of words, that's when the peace comes because now I've laid it down. And then that's when there is actually rest in prayer because I put it all in his hands who, and he is able to carry far more than I can. And then, then I can rest and then I can receive from him what he has for me. But as long as I'm still carrying it all, I can't receive anything because my arms are full. Yeah. So I think, I think there's something truly insightful in what they identified in this, in this passage. Cause they talk about, about honesty, you know, it's the Mm -hmm. place to be honest. They talk about rest and -hmm. then they talk about abiding and these three things are some of the three things we have the hardest time with because right. they because because we fight against the created order. We were created mm-hmm. for to live lives of honesty, rest and abiding. But we as humans as as fallen broken people, we fight this. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you look at honesty, that goes all the way back to the fall, right? It right. goes like and so it's been that, that that's been a, a source of our brokenness <laughs> since all the way back at the beginning. Right. Right. If you, if you the look OG at broken place. Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you look at rest, right. That goes to our struggle to have, to feel like we have to constantly achieve to constantly mm-hmm. work and mm-hmm. grind. Right. And that's also kind of a result of the fall is you will toil. Right. <laughs> um, right. And then abiding just goes to our selfishness that we don't want mm-hmm. to have to depend 
on others or on something, you know, on God, we want right. to be able to do things ourselves. And so why would we think that we need to abide in God? Why do we feel like we would need to be attached to his divine? We should be able to be the source of our own power, our source right. of our own energy. And so all three of these things, I, I just love how they speak so true to mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. struggle that every single person deals with and goes through and fights Mm -hmm. through. Mm -hmm. And so in prayer, being the answer to these things is something that is so powerful. So I don't want that to get lost in this. (laughs) No, I I love the side of that. I love that because I mean, in a way, I mean, you know, when you were talking about your air conditioning unit, right. And it was like struggling against being fixed right now. I cannot (laughs) wait. It has been a struggle these past few nights. Anyway. (laughs) No, that's good. Yes. But I was thinking as, you know, when you, I was thinking about prayer as breathing and in the same way, what if you just held your breath? How long can you do that? You know, (laughs) before things won't work very well. And I feel like prayer should become, is as necessary for our functioning the way God made us as breathing. And if we're not breathing, we're not going to last very long. We're going to be struggling. And so we're going to be, we're not going to be able to do the things God calls us. We're going to die. And prayer is, prayer should become as natural as breathing. It's something that we just do all the time. And when we do, then we will be able, the more we are, we'll be able to be honest and we'll be able to rest and we'll be able to do, to abide with him in a way that we can't, if we're not praying, then we're not doing the things that we were essentially created to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a few more quotes and passages that, that we wanted to talk about yeah. from beloved dust. So the next one talks about how Jesus's life of prayer was an example for us. We sometimes look at Jesus's life and imagine that he was somehow able to just dig down deep and force himself through the pain, the rejection and the trial. But, but that wasn't it. Jesus was able to do what he did and endure what he did because of his abiding relationship with the father. And they talk about this on, uh, on page 120 a little bit. Mm-hmm, I just love that. Mm-hmm. I, I just love that. What spoke to you about this? Uh... Well, you know, we talk so frequently about Jesus being our example, right? And yet you sometimes, at least I'm tempted to think, well, I mean, some of the most challenging things that he went through, I, I tend to think, well, he was able to do that because he's also God, you know? <laughs> so that must've made it easier. Um, and yet the reality is that he modeled perfectly what it looks like to run to the father over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And I mean, he was praying with, you know, in the garden, he's praying to the point where he's sweating drops of blood. I mean, he mm-hmm. is, he is completely pouring himself out to the father. And I just think, you know, the Bible says that he even learned that he learned through his suffering, through having to, to, to depend on God through these times of suffering. And I just think, you know, for me, sometimes I just, I feel like I want to, you know, do as much as I can and then run to God when I, you know, (laughs) when I finally have run out of my own strength. And it's like, we see that Jesus he constantly depended on God. And it was like, we've been talking about relationship because all through the gospels, you read as it was his custom, he went in the morning to pray and then he was praying here and he was praying there. And then in times of distress, of course, he was praying and leaning on God. And that's how he got through these really, really, I mean, things that not to the degree that he went through them, but rejection and um, betrayal and, I mean, everything that we go through, he went through, right? The writer of Hebrews says, Mm -hmm. and yet he did it without sin. And he did it by depending on God, by running to the father, by allowing the father to empower him and strengthen him and give him what he needed to get through those moments. And so that's just powerful to me because if if Jesus needed to run to the father, (laughs) then I think there's pretty good chance that we're going to need to do that too. Yeah. There was um, 
a, a, a quote from Derwin Gray, who uh, has been mm-hmm. a guest on this on this podcast before. I was trying to go back and find and find it. It was something he put on Twitter a few days ago, but uh, he's a prolific <laughs> tweeter, so it's quite a bit of scrolling uh, of scrolling through. I'm not going to find it right now, <laughs> but it essentially said, uh, "Don't don't try to be strong. Embrace your weakness, because mm. in our weakness." Is, is is when we come to God. That's where God's power is. And at some point, I would love to do a series on, on this podcast about power and weakness. Um, mm, but mm-hmm. and and it's it's something that that Jamin and Kyle have both written extensively about too. Um, in 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 other areas. But I think that that this is just such a great example mm-hmm. of us recognizing our finitude as Kyle talked about in our first episode on this and our limitations, Mm -hmm. our brokenness, our inabilities, you know, and instead just saying, okay, you know, I need to lean on God. I need to rely on the father. I need, I need that relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I, it's like what we were just talking about a, a minute ago with the idea of carrying all of your burdens, all of your struggles, and, <laughs> and still just holding on to them, right? Eventually, like they will break you. You will get right. overwhelmed to the point of falling flat on your face. And what's so beautiful is that we have God who says, I want to share these burdens with you. Like, like yoke up with me is literally like, hey, right. Right. Not just burden sharing, but also like, let me be the steerer of this thing. Like, like, you know, let me tread the path and you and walk with me, walk alongside mm-hmm. me in this. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something it's, it's one of, I think our biggest failings as people <laughs> in, mm. in talking about humanity is this idea of just feeling like we need to do it all ourselves. Well, and I think, you know, when you were talking about even Derwin's quote, it reminded me of the Apostle Paul, right? He had some yeah, kind of affliction totally. that he prayed for. We don't know exactly what it was, but it was referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And the, the Bible says he prayed three times that the Lord would take it away and the Lord didn't. But then here's what he said to him. He says, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in your weakness and so to what Derwin is, Derwin's quote, where it's like, embrace your weakness, that is so counter to the way that we, you know, we want to be strong. We, we try to hide our weaknesses and downplay our weaknesses and mask them and in prayer. And we can just say, Hey God, this is where I'm at. And, and he meets us there. And then that's when his power is made perfect. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I think there are amazing testimonies of people mm-hmm. who like are called to serve in a way that gives them, you know, great pain, right? Like Pastor Rick yeah. has talked about how yeah, how, he, sure. how he has some weird illness <laughs> that makes it, it brings him a lot of pain whenever he gets um, he gets like overexcited or stressed kind of stuff. And yeah. so speaking, like public speaking, preaching, but not, it causes this thing to act up. And it, you know, it's a great burden on him. It's a pain, right? But he's he's Literally. still embraced that this is something God has called me to do. So yeah. I need to depend on him. I literally mm-hmm. need to, mm-hmm. you know, abide in him in order to get yeah. through these things and do what I know he has called me to do. Um, so, you know, it's, it, I think it's worth us kind of asking ourselves, like, is there something I am running from because Mm. I, I don't like, you know, because either it causes, you know, it's painful or I, Mm -hmm. you know, it feels like too much. It's a burden, you know, whatever it is that maybe God is calling you into, but with him, right. Is there a partnership opportunity? In other words, (laughs) um, yeah, I mean, Pastor Rick so many times has says that, you know, your greatest ministry will come out of your greatest pain. Yeah. We don't like that. We would like our greatest ministry to come out of our greatest strength, right? The thing that we're good at, the thing that we shine at, not the place where we're the most broken and the most vulnerable. And yet God tends to use that. Yeah. And that's, you know, oftentimes that, that, that quote, that idea is used for talking about a painful experience in your past. And then you use how you learn, how you went 
through that and grew from it to minister to others, which is a very great way of doing that, which is very true. But that quote also can imply and mean, is there an area of constant pain, you know, of constant Mm -hmm. struggle Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. God may want you to, you know, speak, you know, live through or, or God work through you in too, like the examples we just gave of Paul with the thorn in his flesh or a pastor Rick with, you know, his preaching kind of stuff as an example. So it just may be something to to think about. Is there something that, you know, God is that you have felt him calling you into, but you have said, I can't do that for for whatever reason. And instead of saying flat out, no, or whatever, say, okay, what would this look like? Like God, it may be, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know, give it a try and maybe, you know, but knowing that you are not, that God is not calling you to do it alone. God right. is not saying just, you know, I won't be with you. Just do it. <laughs> He's saying, yeah. No, just go Lean for it on me. <laughs> right. And let me work through you. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another uh, great passage on, on page 136. This is an illustration that Jamin um, <sighs> shares. Uh, he, he talks about how there was this time where his daughter uh, found his wife's phone and he, he wanted to send her dad a text. He wanted to text or she wanted to text Jamin, but of, you know, of course she was young at the time. She didn't know how to use the phone, how to text, you know, all that stuff. And so what she ended up doing was just sending a random collection of just, uh, you know, just letters, basically just, just hit the keys, <laughs> you know, whatever it was just, it was just nothing. You know, it was just a bunch of strings of letters, but but when Jamin got the message and he, mm-hmm. he knew that it was from his daughter and he knew that what this just meant was that she was wanting to connect with him, that she was wanting to, you know, to speak to him, to, you know, even mm-hmm. just, you know, just say something to her dad. Right. And then in the book, it says in the same way, God receives our jumbled communication and incoherent self-articulation. <laughs> with a smile right and with a fatherly embrace right? yeah. he he knows us fully and even amid what he what we feel is unclear and confusing he is seeing us for who we truly are which is his beloved children mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i when i read that story i just i was captivated by the the fact that you know jamin knew i mean the text said nothing. <laughs> yeah. It literally said nothing. And yet he knew it was his daughter reaching out to him in the only way that she knew how in her broken three or four year old, however she was, that's all she had was just some jumbled letters. And I feel like sometimes, sometimes prayer, um, I think we think about it, it's like, well, if I say it right, or if I do it right, then finally God will hear me. And I, I, I just love the simplicity of the fact that if we come, even if our words don't make any sense at all, when we just come and we bring whatever we've got, that he is so glad, God is so glad that we are reaching out and reaching toward him. That's, I mean, it's, it's just such a simple thing. All we do is we just put ourselves out there and he will, he'll come the rest of the way. He'll make the connection happen. You know, even if we yeah. don't have the words, even if we don't know what to say, Um, and I just, I love that because I think prayer sometimes gets complicated, you know, and then it's like, Oh, pray this way and pray that way. And, you know, do it this and that. And we, we complicate it to the point where we just feel like we can't, we don't know what to do with it. And I think that the simplicity of just, just cry out to him, just make yourself known and he'll come the rest of the way. Yeah. To me, what stands out is just the reminder of just how, intimately God knows mm-hmm. us that mm-hmm. that he knows what we really want to be saying yeah. even if you know even if we try to put you know a veil on it if we try to make things sound good or if we like you know God I don't I don't know if I should bring this to you all this stuff yeah. like God knows the everything about you that is crying out and saying like, this is what I mean. This is what right. I, I want to say. This is what I need. Like, you know, and I just love that idea of, of the smile and the fatherly embrace of mm-hmm. God saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> God saying, I know, yeah, I know what you mean. You know, I know what you need. I know what you mean. 
Mm-hmm. Like I'm here with you. Right. Yep. And that's yep. kind of, that's, that's just one of the most beautiful parts of prayer is the fact that, you know, is God loves us so much. It knows us so much that he can just say, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. <here>. I know. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, we have two more uh, passages that we wanted to talk about from the book. The first one is, it says, uh, prayer is not only for meals, for church and bedtime, but it incorporates the entirety of our lives. Our call is to pray without ceasing. Every emotion, task, relationship, and event in your life is an invitation to be with the Lord. And, and, and that's um, a spread out passage from over pages 157, 158. Um <laughs> So unpack that one for us a little bit, Linda. Well, and I think when I, when I was looking at this and I was just thinking about how um, prayer can become something we tag it onto the meals. We, you know, it happens at church or, you know, it happens at bedtime. Did you do your prayers? Did you say your prayers? And those are good things. But I think that's why the, just thinking about prayer as breathing, something that we mm-hmm. just need to be doing constantly all through the day. It's like everything we want to come to him all the time. Like, it's just this, you know, it says to pray without ceasing. And I remember the first time I thought about that and I was like, gosh, if I'm just sitting and, you know, on my knees in prayer all the time, I'll never get anything done. But it was, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. no, I need to do other things. But when you think about prayer as just this constant conversation with God about inviting him into everything that I'm, everything that I'm doing, every activity, every relationship, every circumstance and situation that I'm facing, when I begin to think about prayer that way, and it's not like this formal, I mean, we have times of set aside prayer, but that there's, there's this also this, this rhythm of prayer of just constantly talking to God and inviting him into everything that's going on. When it becomes like that, then that this idea of the relationship and being with the God who is always with you, like to remember he's with you all the time in everything you're doing. So to invite him into it is really just to acknowledge that he's there and avail yourself of his presence and his power and all that he has for you in all of those things all the time. Yeah. I think I, yeah, 100% agree with that. And I think, I think too, when we live a life of worship, when Mm -hmm. our daily Mm -hmm. life, when the things that we do, when the choices that we make are, are, are worshipful. Yeah. I think that in and of itself also constitutes prayer. Prayer does not just always have to be, I am saying words to God, (laughs) right? Our bodies, our spirits, our souls, our, our beings, Mm -hmm is is in prayer is in relationship with god when we are living a life of worship right Right. um when uh, you know so i think i think the idea of pray without ceasing is is not is yes it's including god in you know in talking with god as our friend as our best friend talk you know it's just about anything and everything right it's giving thanks it's asking for his advice for direction for help you know all that stuff is very true but I think it's also just this, this idea that our being, our bodies, our, our souls, you know, our everything, every part of us, as we live just a, a life that is centered on him, mm-hmm. that is, that is also prayerful. That is a, a part of our relationship. Um, so yeah, if, if, if you find that you may be in this rut of, of only praying at meals or at church or at bedtime, uh, and again, this is common things. You're not alone in this, right? <laughs> right. Um, um, you know, I, I, I guess the a good maybe practice or maybe a habit or something to help is to maybe set alarms on your phone at different points mm. of the day or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. use those as opportunities to pray for other things. And it just kind of builds in, it starts to ingrain in you this idea that I don't just have to pray at these certain times. I can pray at different points throughout the day. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, it can be thanking for some, it's, you know, him for something or whatever. Um, Another great idea. I I just thought about this is we actually have a prayer (laughs) text subscription. (laughs) 
is that you can actually text the phrase pray 21, all one word, mm-hmm. uh, pray 21 to uh, 83000, and it'll sign you up for a 21 day subscription uh, text for prayer prompts. It'll text you every day at noon, I think it is. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it just gives you a little prompt and it's something a little different every day. And it's just to help you build this idea that it'll, you know, that I can pray about different things at different points throughout the day. Um, so check that out. Um, all right. I wanted to get to our final passage that we mm-hmm. uh, had called out. It's it, it's a longer passage. So, so, so listen uh, and relax as you listen. <laughs> uh, it's on page 177 and it says the prayer of silence. So it's talking about this idea of the prayer of silence. The prayer of silence taps into the posture of all prayer, falling on your knees with open hands and heart before the glory of God. This prayer is reverently opening yourself to the truth of who you are, truths you know you don't fully grasp, as God himself searches and knows you. Praying in silence is often done in one of two main forms. Praying in silence out of desperation and Mm -hmm. practicing the prayer of silence. You may have prayed the prayer of silence in your own desperation without realizing it or naming it as such. Many people are led into this prayer through tragedy, anxiety, fear, or simply being overwhelmed by their sins and wondering why God hasn't fixed things. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. second form of praying in silence is practicing silence. And this is something that we practice because silence is an important posture of our hearts before God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what uh, stands out to you, Linda, <laughs> about this long passage? Well, okay, so the one, the silence that comes from just those places of great anxiety or pain. I mean, I've had, I've had as many of us probably had times where you just, you're so overwhelmed. You literally just don't have words. And yet as you pray, or as you just come to God, I mean, there's just sobbing or just silence. And yet in those places, even when you just come, you know, the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. So we know that the Holy Spirit's praying for us. We know that Jesus is interceding for us. And there's times when the words just won't come. Mm -hmm. So, and I've had, I've had that, unfortunately, (laughs) several times in my life where I was so overwhelmed and so broken. I didn't even know what to pray. And I just, came before the Lord and I, I just cried. Mm-hmm. And yet after a time, I felt his presence. I felt his comfort. Do you know what I mean? Like he met me in that place, even though I didn't say a darn thing. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, I, I'm comforted by the fact that, you know, Jamin and Kyle, both they, we, they write about the fact that, you know, Jesus is praying for you and the Holy Spirit's praying mm-hmm. for you. And sometimes when you just show up, you know, you're yeah. joining in with the prayer that they're already praying for you. And you're like, great, because I don't have any words right now. So um, I've definitely experienced that. But also this prayer, just the practice of silence, that's something that I have to work on because I, I tend to fill silence mm-hmm. with talking. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, and so um, to really, truly practice silence, that's something that I, I need to do more of. I know we talked a lot about it in the past as a, as a spiritual discipline, and it is something that I, I'm trying to work on more because I feel like it's something that that, that one's hard for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think the prayer of desperation, it's something it's something that you can imagine. And you've, again, we've all pro- probably have had these experiences of just not knowing what to say, or just needing to scream or just yeah. needing to cry or whatever it is. And, you know, it's that, it's that groaning of the spirit that is yeah. known by God. Um, but I think too, it's so, it, it's interesting now as, as a parent of young kids, mm-hmm. seeing them, like seeing my son, screaming and crying and not being able to tell us why, you know, oftentimes we can figure it out before he's even, you know, even able to share what it was. 
but it's that, you know, and, and we're able to comfort him knowing that he's, he can't tell us yet. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. And so, you know, it just, it's kind of gives a little bit of understanding. It's like, wow, thank you, God, for being there and, and mm-hmm. being, and knowing that you still come and hold us and be with us, even when mm-hmm. we can't explain what's wrong. You know, I really do kind of have a new value of that picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then speaking about the the prayer of silence, um, or of practicing silence, mm-hmm. it's kind of like what we were just talking about in the last quote. I think it's just a good reminder that we can be silent, and mm-hmm. that is that can be prayerful. Absolutely, of just being with God, being being a created being in a created world amongst all of His created things, and being with Him, just sitting with Him, is an act of prayer. It, it can be prayerful. Just, mm-hmm. just sitting, being, being in creation as a created being with the creator. I think there's something just really beautiful in that. Um, but yeah, very difficult because it does require practice. Because <laughs> well, as you and- said, our minds will usually say like, I guess I'll talk to God about this or whatever, you know. Whatever, right, yeah, right. It's like, no, no, no quiet, you know, stop. (laughs) And yet, (laughs) oh, it's very hard. I was thinking though, as you were talking about parenting and how that has given you insight into our relationship with God. And I mean, I will always say that I learned more about God's love for me through being a mom, you know, Mm -hmm. than almost any other thing. But one of the things to what we were just talking about, um, you know, even though my kids are, they're grown, um, just spending time, even in silence, like when we're at home and we're hanging out on the couch and we're just being there together. Mm-hmm. And I love that time. Like we're not saying anything necessarily, yeah. nothing productive is happening. Nobody's doing anything of note. We're just together. Mm-hmm. And I love that time and it's precious time. Yeah. And God's like, and I can imagine that God's going, yes, <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to perform just be with me in silence, just be. And that's, yeah. that, that runs counter to everything that our culture tells us. Cause our culture, you know, value is found in what we do. Just being mm-hmm. doesn't feel like enough. And God says, Oh no, I love when you just be with me, be with me in silence. Yeah. We have, um, if, if you're interested in practicing this practice of silence, we have a, um, a personal retreat guide that you can go through. If you go to settleback.com slash retreats, you'll see it on there. And it's just a, a guide that you can download on your computer and it just walks you through um, this little mini retreat that helps um, uh, about how to develop the practice of mm-hmm. silence and solitude. So, so that's worth checking out and uh, we'll link that in the show notes too. So there's so many great thoughts, great points about the, in this book, great ideas, great thoughts that just get you thinking. We just, you know, drew out some of them, you know, f- from, from across the spectrum of the book. But again, we highly encourage you to get a copy for yourself and really just kind of plunge in because um, mm-hmm. it works. It also just works so well in, in full context of talking about this beloved dust idea. Um, so friends, that was kind of our discussion on, on prayer talking and going through the book next week we'll be back talking about uh how to practice some rhythms of rest and prayer Mm -hmm. uh we are praying for you we hope that you have a a great rest of your week and uh we look forward to talking with you again uh next week if you enjoyed this episode consider giving us a rating or review on iTunes. If you do, you'll help other people find us in the future. You can also listen to these episodes on YouTube. Just subscribe to the Saddleback Church YouTube channel for these conversations, plus lots of other video content. And if you are already listening to us on YouTube, subscribe to the Doable Discipleship Podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app so you can listen in the car or wherever else you go. Don't forget to visit saddleback.com slash doable to check out all of our previous episodes. And go to saddleback.com slash grow to find spiritual growth resources and view a calendar of upcoming events. Lastly, you can always get in touch with us by emailing maturity at saddleback.com. Send us your 
thoughts, send us your questions, your Bible questions, your life questions, whatever. Who knows? Your question might just inspire an upcoming episode. Thanks again for tuning in to Doable Discipleship. I'm Jason Whelan, and I hope you'll join us again next week. Thank you.